All right, we're back again. Last week's was long, is what people say. And we didn't even talk <laughs> about like the really important things in society, like Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey. We didn't get to share our thoughts about that. Did you see the thing about uh, did you see the thing about his mom like being with Taylor Swift at one game and then being with Jake from State Farm at the other, <laughs> the other game? For your benefit, Dave. Travis Kelsey is an American football player, American football sport that yeah. Americans watch, teams I've, try to I've score, heard, I've heard that about kind of it. thing. <laughs> really quick, I watched this interview on football that I thought was brilliant, where this guy argues that the field goal slash the extra point is the most ridiculous contribution to American football, that everything should just be touched on six points, and then you, you have to go for two points. You keep the safety, but why are games determined by a person kicking a ball? It doesn't make any sense. And then these people make fun of soccer players, guys. Here's the reason. It's because every little thing you do matters, just like reciting a passage the first thing in the morning, at noon, and evening, like Pastor Mike encouraged us. So even tiny actions make a big difference. (laughs) <laughs> one pushback on one one pushback on that segue, which is outstanding, by the way. And this is also another segue. Not all little things matter. Some little things need to go. <laughs> Some things That's need true. to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely true. Oh man! Here all we right, are. Well, second week we talked um, more about these kingdom practices and really setting up. Um, some future discussions where we're going to get specific into some of those practices beginning this Sunday with prayer. We'll talk about that more as we go along, but um, give us a little bit of recap here, Mike, and we'll get into it. Yeah, we um, really looked hard at this idea of being an apprentice to Jesus from Matthew 28. Um, All of us really like the word apprentice. You know, obviously the couple of us here, spoke about it with the elders and some of the staff. Um, it's just such a helpful word in terms of like comprehensive learning and then doing. So it's been great. So we talked about that from Matthew 28. And we wanted to you know, really say three things. Matthew 28 talks about the kingdom of God. Uh, not like it doesn't use that phrase, but Jesus says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So it's pretty clear. Um, and that the implication of that is now. And so apprenticeship to Jesus is not, you know, something that happened to me in my past or what might happen to me in the future. It's a now reality. So we need to be clear on that. Like what actually is the good news of Jesus? It certainly is forgiveness in the past. It's certainly his hope of heaven in the future. Amen and amen to those. But we looked at that can kind of create a hole in our relationship with God. Um, and in that, you know, like what's happening right to me right now? Um, what are the implications of Jesus being king right now for me? Um, and so we, we talked about that and the practices certainly are part of that. Like if, if I'm following Jesus now, then what did he practice? What did he do so that I can become like him? So that was the first point. Second point was the call of Jesus makes a whole lot more sense when you realize that he's calling you to be in his kingdom now to be a follower of him. And so we talked about how he says to come and die, to lose your life for my sake, but to find it. So some of these kind of like stronger appeals that Jesus makes, and that it really is faith, by the way, um, when you actually, you know, in a sense, surrender the fullness of your life to him. That makes sense 
if the kingdom of God is here now, this whole new, amazing, beautiful kingdom that's happening, then I will abandon all for the sake of that king and the sake of that kingdom. And again, if 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 you're think you know, if faith is just something I have to give mental assent to so I can go to heaven when I die, then the call to discipleship seems like extra for like super Christians, we said. But that's not actually the case. It's for all all followers of Jesus, all Christians uh, are to be disciples. Um, and then, you know, the last one we looked at was this, how did that, well, before I get to the last point, the come and die was balanced by this come and rest. Like yes. the, those invitations are true. Um, and yes. so when you do lay your life down, you actually find it. You actually find joy and peace and confidence and hope and a new identity, new family, all this stuff. So um, what can sound almost stern from Jesus, it actually is him inviting us to a better life, a new life in his kingdom. And then the final, by the way, was, you uh, even, you even mentioned there, Mike, that some, pra- some of these practices or figuring out what it means like to create space. So Jesus, some things are going to feel more like death than rest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. There's going to be certain practices that, um, yeah, will feel like, I mean, all of them could be like when you discipline yourself to make space for prayer, that means you're saying yes to prayer. You might be saying no to something else. But in the end, that prayer, when you spend that time with Jesus, you will find life and peace and, and, and uh, strength. So one of the little the last one, things that always gets said about like the kingdom of God is like it's an upside down kingdom, yeah. like an upside down reality. And that just feels like a really tangible example of that is you might go through some painful thing of come and die. But really, that leads to rest and health. So it's yeah. just some. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that upside-down reality is so great. For those newer, maybe some people newer to this kingdom talk, like Jesus says that if you're poor, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, like you you own all. Like to acknowledge your sinfulness is actually to be free of it, to, um, you know, uh, what else is an example of this? Oh, the first will be last, the last will be first. There's all these examples that the kingdom of God is not what you would expect. Even Jesus' death was the victory that brought life. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah. even, uh, you know, anybody who would seek to save his life will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean by the upside down nature of the kingdom. Learning to be an apprentice of Jesus um, <laughs> is not always straightforward what you think and what you expect. And you certainly see that in the Gospels with his disciples. Anyway, the last point that we made was how did the we asked this question, if Jesus has to come and die and Luke nine specifically says to take up your cross daily. And so we we key it in on that because it's an interesting thing. Jesus obviously wasn't just saying then that, you know, every every follower of Jesus is going to end up on a cross. Obviously not. But that became a symbol of us willingly surrendering our life to the will of Jesus as our King every day. And so we talked about how important it is to develop a cross-shaped mindset. And it takes practice. This is this is one of the, the values of this series on the practices is developing a mindset. Um, and it's it's it takes time and it's prayer and it's all and we kind of said the other practices that we'll talk about prayer, fasting, uh, solitude, fellowship, singing, there's all these different things actually feed and and strengthen this particular practice. And 
we just noted how pervasive it was in the New Testament. Paul and Peter and John, everybody talks about this kind of Christian mindset of believing who Jesus is, believing what he says about me, uh, embracing my identity in him. You know, I use various scripture references. I challenge people uh, the last couple of days. I've been doing it as well, like morning, noon and night, taking time to pause and just reflect. Okay, I am crucified with Christ. I'm dead. You know, sometimes I just say that to myself, I'm dead. I'm getting really angry. I'm really frustrated because I'm probably overattached to some particular situation. And I need to remember that I'm dead to that. And I just walk through that scripture verse and I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. And it has the capability to kind of, kind of draw the poisonous anger out and replace it with peace. So anyway, um, and then, you know, if you put all those things together, the big idea is because of who Jesus is, all authority in heaven has been given to me. Um, and what he's done, he's brought this kingdom in. He calls us to fully surrender, come and die. And then the practices, specifically this idea of developing a mindset, um, is necessary and useful to that end. So that's a summary. That's what Paul says. Paul says, I die daily. Yep. So that whole, that whole, you know, practice is a, is a daily thing that Paul practiced. And, it, you know, the whole, I love the, we were talking about the whole mindset thing because, uh, you know, there's, there's data, we were talking earlier, there's data out there, especially for our young adults, 18 to 25 year olds, where it's like one in three of our young adults today struggle with some kind of mental health issue. There's a conflict there. There's a problem there. And there's a ton of reasons why one of the biggest reasons would be technology, social media, among other things, but there's a huge problem <laughs> There is like the Selena Gomez documentary where basically she's like, I've tried everything and it's like a nightmare because I'm still stuck with Selena. And I mean, that is the reality. You cannot escape yourself. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole monastery thing. It's like, you know, you can be a monk. This is what you, you, re, you can read testimonies and journal entries from these people who would go and they would spend time and they would have the most rigorous of disciplines and practices but they could not escape themselves. And so if you don't have a good, you know, understanding of the gospel and then a way to actually tangibly renew your mind, die daily and then live in Christ and hit that, you know, refresh button again, you're lost. And think about all the passages in scripture that talk about this. We, we, we're talking about this. You've got Romans 12, which you said could be one of these wonderful things that we could say during our daily prayers you know, we're, we're renewing our mind. We're not being conformist world, but we're being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Philippians 4, whatever is good and honorable and pure and lovely, like think on these things. Second Corinthians 3, as we behold, or the word could be contemplate the beauty, the glory, the goodness of God, we're being transformed, another image of glory into the likeness of Christ. And so built into the entire New Testament is all this language of, hey, God is not giving you a spirit of fear. He's given you a sound mind. And so think, think, stop. Think on the goodness and beauty of Jesus. Pause there and like, let your mind be renewed. I just felt like the Holy Spirit just renewed me through that encouragement, Dave. Honestly, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, but I will say part of that is because for a long time, that has been a practice of mine. It's like it resonates with me because it's, you know, it's by God's grace that over time that's been a practice. And so it's been um, 
Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm you, I've well, told you guys before. I'm. I'm actually doing a little bit of research, and I'm not the first one to do it for sure. But there's been a lot of conversation recently how even physiologically the brain and you know the brain is part mental and like connected to my desires and immaterial, but it's also material. And so how all that mysteriously works, I don't exactly know. And I don't know if even science knows either, but our consciousness and all of that, how that's connected to the brain. But, um, you know, we talk about how certain events or habits or patterns can, you know, scientists are telling us how it's in a sense rewiring and restructuring the brain. Um, It would only make sense then the reverse would be true, that we can actually build healthy patterns physiologically in our brain that would also then again in that kind of mysterious way help us to be more inclined to goodness and peace as opposed to anxiety and discouragement so you know i think there's something comprehensive going on when we are quote unquote renewing our mind yeah it seems as though you know this kind of gets into the category of you know following Christ is not just about like what you think, but almost even includes just how you think, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like your process of thinking, how you go about each day using your mind as you interact with your world. It's not just like I have this set of theories that I believe in and I hold those things in a bucket wherever I go. But really what's happening is you're filtering, you're processing, you're experiencing things, you're interacting with people, and your brain is doing its thing. So much of it is automatic. <laughs> you don't really have time to consult, you know, <laughs> well, what, what was this piece of theology I learned 20 years ago and how does that – I mean, sometimes you're able to slow it down, um, but more often than not, you're in a conversation and – if your mind is really trained to, um, you know, think much of yourself, that's why, you know, you probably lie instinctually. It's yeah. not because you think lying is fine. <laughs> yeah. You just do it. Your brain does that. Well, you can't, you can't always say this is the thing, <laughs> but in some ways, you know, we've talked about how the renewing of your mind is kind of a thread that connects all of the practices. It's like, well, how many practices are there? There's seven or the eight or the nine or 10 or 12 or 15. It's just like, you know, maybe the number is arbitrary. You know, prayer is interconnected with all of them too. Like that's one of the things we're getting ready to talk about prayer. I'm kind of like prayer is connected to literally every single one of these. Amen. You're supposed to yep. pray without ceasing. Yep. And so renewing your mind is that. Uh, Comer talks about how like, he, he gives this great metaphor. He says, imagine your mind as a garden. And, and there's two New Testament commands that you have, one of meditation and one of watchfulness. You know, so thinking, contemplating, beholding, all of that is meditation. And then being watchful is a command that you see several times in the New Testament. And he says that those are the two things you're kind of doing with your mind. Watchfulness is what you're trying to keep out. The weeds, you're killing them, you're plucking them, you're doing what you need to keep it out. And then meditation is like the nurturing and caring for that which needs to grow. It's so funny. I'm, 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 we're obviously out of town, and I was talking with uh, a guy that I get to work with here in Tennessee often. He's an amazing guy, 
And he has this, he's really worked hard on his lawn. So every time I come, he shows me like this new thing that he's doing. And <laughs> just yesterday, he's like, I'm so annoyed. He says, I want to show you the sin metaphor in my lawn. I'm like, all right. And so he tends to it. He's got these flowers, you know, blooming and doing well. Some of them are not doing so well. And then he has this one corner where he didn't plant anything. It's up against the garage in his house. It's like a, it's like a foot and a half by a foot and a half square. And he poured concrete in there so that nothing would grow out of it. And he points me to it. And there's like a three and a half foot weed, (laughs) thorns, it's prickly, it's gross. And he's like, is this not a metaphor for sin? He says, I work hard and nourish and take care of and water and do everything you're supposed to do with all these beautiful plants and flowers. And sometimes it bears fruit. And sometimes it seems like it doesn't. He goes, I've literally feel like I've done everything I can to kill this thing in the corner. I leave it alone. And there it is just sprouting up. And so there is this in our mind, in the broken world and in our broken lives, like, you know, that dragon, which is still alive, that we don't even need us to grow. <laughs> and they just arrive. And so there's a watchfulness that needs to happen with our mind. But there's also a meditation And it's just the hard work of being in Christ in a broken world, but it's necessary work. Renewing the mind is like the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to just make a brief comment here, even about mental health. Um, You know, there's definitely a role we would say as, as pastors and leaders, like for therapists and counselors for medication, those things. So, you know, we're not, you know, this, this isn't, you know, just a simply, you know, think these three thoughts and, you know, you'll be better or whatever. We, we are saying that's definitely part of it. And even, you know, there's a lot of conversation um, right now. One of the most popular mental health strategies is cognitive behavior therapy, which is just very, very similar to what we're talking about. And they say, I mean, if you go to the American Psychiatric website, I'm actually on there right now. And, you know, again, this isn't no one's saying a magic pill. They're not. I'm not. But, you know, CBT is proven to be effective for, this is a quote, a wide range of problems, including depression, anxiety, disorders, alcohol and drug abuse, marriage problems, eating disorder, and even it says severe mental illness. So, again, this isn't this isn't some, you know, like Christian pastor with, you know, no theology degree. This is the American Psychiatric Association saying that, and they basically define this as people suffering from psychological problems can learn better ways of coping um, through this kind of like, uh, they actually say um, on strategies that, uh, let's see, learning to recognize distortion in thinking and then reevaluating your circumstances in light of reality. Again, that is from the American Psychiatric Association, and they're saying that that can be a proven method to deal with mental illness. Now, again, you've got to become the kind of person that thinks these ways as opposed to, I thought this way one time. And so this is hence the practices and surrendering your yes. life fully to Jesus and doing this over time, you know, you develop, yes. it's like a muscle. It's like, uh, I remember Hope, uh, Dr. Moo, uh, wrote a commentary on Romans and he said, hope is like a muscle. The more you exercise that hope, the stronger it gets. And in the face of adversity and trials. So just want to encourage yeah. you guys and, you know, myself and, and just to, in a sense, keep renewing your mind, keep, keep yeah. this, you know, develop this mindset. Uh, so important. 
this is why we love the song keep on yeah. it's like i mean that that's literally which by the way you know quick plug comes out this friday let's go is that, is that a shame that's a shameless plug <laughs> i regret saying that but it is why it but seriously like all joking aside it's like endurance is a necessity in the christian faith some days are harder than others it is not easy like it's not promised to be easy you've got to resist the devil firm in your faith yeah like even if you're able to renew your mind and kind of in some sense in christ get a hold of yourself you're still dealing with evil outside of you like mm-hmm. this is not a cakewalk and it's brutal and again what is paul doing he's dying every he's experiencing some kind of death every single day the good news about death though by the way is that and why yeah. it's connected to rest a lot of the things that are causing unrest and anxiety are worldly attachments that we need to let go of and the invi- it's an invitation to come and die to those things as yeah. opposed to you know trying to hang on and keep all the space the the plate spinning and and so that's how those two things kind of work together and get tied together is it a stern call or is it a compassionate call and the answer to that is yes uh, sometimes they feel different depending on what what the life circumstance that you happen to be going through is this is the beauty of the practices that Jesus says to us do you want to experience an easy yoke? Do you want to experience the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the kingdom? Justice, mercy, peace, joy. I mean, we're getting ready for Advent. I'm, I'm doing Christmas songs the last two days, right? And so we're working through love, joy, peace, and hope. It's like, who doesn't want that? And the Bible's like, oh, you want to experience that? Follow Jesus. And then here's the gift of prayer to you. Here's the gift of rest to you. Here's the gift of solitude to you. Here's the gift of fasting to you. And the more you press into these things and create space to be with Jesus and become like him and do what Jesus did, the more you are going to experience all of those beautiful gifts of the kingdom and those who follow Christ. That You're exactly right. It's an invitation. Yeah, the... Um, yeah, the... You know, as you talk about formation being a long process, you know, you referenced keep on there. What's, you know, there's, there's an ongoing gradual reality to this. Um, you know, David Powelson used to teach this course called Dynamics of Equal Change, taught it for 40 years. And it was really based, it wasn't based off of this quote, but class, you know, first day of class is talking about this Luther quote where, it's this quote that says, you know, this life, therefore, is not about righteousness, but growth and righteousness, not about health, but healing, not about being, but becoming, not about rest, but exercise. And so, you know, the attention to the present, you know, going all the way back to the, you know, the sermon recap from Sunday, you know, this is the real emphasis here is what, you know, what does this faith mean in the present? What's mm. actually going on? right now and not like theoretically right now like what am i (laughs) what am i gonna do when i get off this call what am i gonna do when i wake up tomorrow morning you know and, and i fear you know so much of what we talk about as followers of jesus is theoretical it's like yeah the emphasis on 
uh, what am I actually practicing tonight, tomorrow morning, next week? Um, how are all those things actually shaping me? Because going back to the first week of the, um, you know, the rule of life, you know, they are shaping you. You are mm-hmm. going to do something yeah. tomorrow and yeah. that is going to shape who you become. Uh, and so it's, yeah. it's a heavy reality. G- Jesus, um, you know, we're, we're paralyzed by our past and we're afraid of our future. And so it's so hard to live in the present and Jesus addresses both. He's removed our sins as far as the East is from the West. And he tells us not to worry and be anxious about tomorrow. I have a theory, by the way, on East to West. Keep going. Oh, well, I want to hear it right now. That's basically what I was going to say. I just was affirming what you said, Dan. I mean, one of the most, the only, I mean, the only thing that we have guaranteed is right now outside of the hope, obviously we have in Christ, the new heavens, the new earth. But as far as like living on this earth, it, it, again, it's the whole, it is a cliche, but it just the fact that you've heard it a thousand times doesn't make it less true or less profound. Mm-hmm. I have right now. I have right now. And guess what about, guess what's true about right now? I mean, that actually will get me emotional for sure. What's true is about right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit just met me in this, in this vehicle. Well, is that the Lord is with me. Yeah. Jesus died. That didn't change. That's what you have right now. Jesus rose. That has not changed. He's seated at the Father's right hand. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Those things do not change. And so He's going to make all things new. I can, ment- I can enter into those things every day. And Sheesh. I didn't say this on Sunday, but there's these reminders. Like you can set a reminder on your phone. But then I thought, oh, man, that's like, that's like close to the abyss. <laughs> you could go. Next thing you know, you'll be buying tires, as Dan used to say. <laughs> that it's like you can throw. You can throw your phone in the trash and buy post-it notes and then put three reminders and post-it notes. <laughs> or, or you can use the biblical analogies all around you. He says, put off, put on. When you get dressed in the morning and you take off your bed clothes and you put on your clothes for the day, that's like, like, hello, put off the old. Yeah. You eat, right. you're, you know what I mean? All of those things, the sun, the moon, I listened to Psalm 89 this morning, the faithful witness, the moon is the faithful witness of, of God's promises to his king. So there's all of these things, yeah. Christ be all around me. That song is wonderful. But here's my east-west theory. It's a little bit of a rabbit okay. I remember preaching this one time, and I just kind of like <laughs> said it in the moment. And then after the sermon, Dan came up to me and goes, I never heard that before. Where'd you get that from? I was like, I don't know. I don't even know if it's right. But <laughs> I'm still not sure it's right. So this will be a good... <laughs> We might have to put up a poll here. (laughs) All right, here we go. If you go east, you never start going west. Just going east. If you go west, you never start going. You're always going west. If you go north, eventually you start going south because our globe has poles. North pole, Mm. south pole. So the north and the south actually meet somewhere. The east and the west never meet. Uh, Dave's not impressed. Yeah, well, I, I'm, 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 le- I'm legit impressed. Actually, you're misreading my face. <laughs> Listeners, you're gonna have to, you know, check that out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a poll that I didn't know about. There's an east pole and a west pole, but <laughs> never heard yeah, of those. Well, the, 
The, the point is they're removed. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I got a sidetrack there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tonight I came home. It's an, I, I, did, I practiced this tonight. Had a busy day. Sorry to say that. I worked hard against the busyness. Actually, I'm encouraged to know that um, Comrade talks about how Jesus' schedule, schedule was always full. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I'm glad you said but, that. It's, it's, it's not about not being, quote-unquote, busy in a good way. There is there's a, there's a way to be busy good. Exactly. It's full. So my day was full. And I came home uh, to the Airbnb and I had like 30-minute break. And uh, the place where I'm staying has a little bit of like, um, like a little porch, basically. And the sun was setting. And so called my wife, called some friends. And I sat there and I watched the sunset. And I quoted scripture and I prayed, and I renewed my mind, and I, I, I basically forced myself to be present with the Lord in that moment. And it was like a spiritual bath. Seriously. It was so refreshing and rejuvenating to me, and it was a sweet moment of the Lord. Like, so to your point, you know, using biblical imagery, put on, put off, the sunrise, the sunset, eating food, like, that's exactly right. The Lord has caused these things uh, to be in existence for the sake of actually demonstrating his glory and to point us towards him. All th- I mean, that's Psalm 119. All things are your servants. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So through the first two weeks here, you've given us some um, specifics to get us thinking about how to actually put some of these things in, uh, mm-hmm. in place. And so one of the things we're doing is right on the front of church center. We're building a page that's going to keep track of all of these things because, you know, weeks come weeks go. What were those passages I was supposed to meditate on? What your rule of life? I think there was a worksheet that they handed out, you know, what was, I didn't get to that that week, but so we're just going to keep a log of all these things. and We're going to put it all on that on that page. So as you listen to this, by the time you hear this, it'll be, um, it'll be up. And to recap some of that stuff, the first week, um, there was an encouragement to us, an invitation to, to us to, you know, go through and examine our work, our rule of life. What are the current habits that we're engaged with? What are some things that are helpful to us? What are some things that are maybe concerning some things we want to weed out? What are some big things on our, horizons for the next three to six months and then just begin to brainstorm what are some of the things that you know what are some of the habits and schedule pieces that i want to start building and so there's a worksheet that'll help walk you through that and then week two where these passages you've already heard some of them even mentioned again here you know romans 12 1 and 2 philippians 4 galatians 2 uh 20 and so um you know doing those that you know reciting those, remembering those, asking the Lord to help you uh, believe and trust and know those things three times a day. And so again, you know, we really want to stress the significance of putting these things into practice uh, and seeing the results, not just hearing these ideas, oh, these are great ideas and feeling as though I'm changed just because I, you know, heard some good ideas. Yeah. Insight is not change. Practice is essential. 
And when you're, again, some of you, some, some of us, you know, and some people listening to this, you know, you have practices and it's great and you, and you feel strong and free. Amen. Some things are going to be new. That's fine. I, I would say two things. One, and this comes from, um, this was a, uh, something Comer mentioned from a psychologist. I forget the psychologist's name, but whenever you do like a new skill or practice, there's this J curve where you, you start out and you think you're pretty good at something. And let's say like you feel pretty comfortable praying by yourself. But then you want, to start, Miller. you want to start praying with others. And then you feel like, oh, man, I don't feel like my praying is very good. And you feel like you drop down the curve. Like think of a letter J. You start to go down. And then you, you know, you quote unquote bottom out or whatever. But then you start to rise back up. And then you go past where you were. And so when you think about these practices, keep that in mind. I'm actually taking a, this is such a geeky thing to say, but I'm taking a German class right now. And... I'm very disappointed. Wow, wow. Because- I, I, I thought Keep On was a shameless plug. Sheesh. <laughs> By the way, more on Keep On because <laughs> I love Keep On is we set our hearts, we set our mind on the glory of the sun. Let's go. And, and he's the God of encouragement, the God of peace, the God of endurance. Or what? Anyway, so the J curve is you're going to, you know, you'll get better at these things and just you know, kind of hang in there, keep practicing, but we really want to stress, like, do it. Like, in faith, just, uh, you, you know, if it's not something you're comfortable with, just go ahead and do it in faith with the Lord. He's working in you to will and to work. So, um, you know, be be courageous in that sense and, and try some of these new things. Actually, for the men's retreat, or in yeah. retreat, it's just more of a conference at our building. Um, you know, we're going to be building out for the men, a three month kind of like prayer um, schedule for ourselves. That's going to be great. So yeah, make sure you check out church center. We really want to be practicing things during the practices. <laughs> so, and you know, this coming week is kind of the beginning of discussing actual practices. And so this coming Sunday, we're kicking off with prayer and we're going to look at specifically the Lord's prayer, uh, but kind of what's the purpose and role of prayer. What's interesting is before Jesus tells us how to pray, he tells us, Hey, just so you know, the father already knows what you need, (laughs) which begs the question. All right. Well then why do we pray? Especially because there's other parts where it talks about coming to the father and asking for things that we need, but there's, there's a format, a template in the Lord's prayer. There's something that the Lord is, is requiring of us, especially, I mean, again, Paul says to pray without ceasing. It's an integral part. It's actually a, uh, an indispensable part of our Christian life. And so we're really excited to start start the conversation. And here's what I'm really excited about this. We've talked about this together. This is not uh, a sermon series on prayer. That's not what this is. It's not a systematic theology class on prayer. What we're going to be talking about is how we actually incorporate the practice of prayer as the Lord means in our lives. Because here's the beauty. This is why we're doing the practice thing. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but Jesus changes lives. (laughs) It's it's just too good. It's too good. The, The news is too good. And so we're not going to just talk about prayer, folks. We're going to become even more so a praying people, and it's going to change our lives. Amen. One of the things that um, will be a little bit different to this 
in this um, practices um, series coming up here on prayer is we do have a little assignment that we are asking everybody to do prior to Sunday. There is mm-hmm. actually a prayer survey that you'll find on that page on Church Center. It's only going to take you five, uh, six minutes to complete, but we would love for you to complete it. It's please anonymous. Do it. Yep, please do it. It's anonymous, so you can be um, as honest as you should be. <laughs> and the more honest you are, the more helpful um, that information will be. You know, so much. If you've been in the church for years, you've probably heard dozens of sermons on prayer. And so uh, just trying to get a general sense from uh, from folks, what has been helpful? Where are we actually struggling? What, you know, all the sort of information. So there's, there's various topics on there. We would love for you to go in there and fill that out. Uh, and that hopefully will also even you know, spur some thoughts as you begin to practice prayer uh, more uh, faithfully and effectively. Amen. Dan, you're going to send that stuff out tomorrow while people are hearing this? Yep. It'll all be right on the front of Church Center by the time you hear this, and then we'll uh, we'll send it all out to everyone as well. And if you hear this before Wednesday night prayer and praise, friends, come join us. New carpet. New carpet. New carpet. Well, then the prayers have got to be better. <laughs>